Oh, Kevin, I guess the uh, Blue Jays are capable of winning a game in which Davis Schneider doesn't go, doesn't get two or three hits. Hey, right now you're you're okay to apologize to a guy that played second base tonight. The floor is yours. Uh, Jimenez, the guy for the visiting team. Oh, I, there's not, no need to apologize. Why? Made a great defensive play to yes, save the did. game. He took advantage of some really bad pitching. Yes, he I mean, did. He's had nine at bats in August. Three he's, of those at bats came tonight. He saw three change ups in a row, and uh, he, he he hit the third he's one. He's made <laughs> he's made <laughs> some adjustments offensively. Very nice. I mean, give him Very some nice. credit. How about it? Very nice. Floor's yours. I know this is tough. Just not, do it. It's, it's like tough. it's like a band aid. Just pull it off. You know you want to. Come on. No. I, just I mean, do it. Calvin Biggio had a great game. Is that tough? No. That's not, not tough. tough. No. No. It's all not right. tough at all. All right. Because I know I'm not going to have to say it very often. <laughs> 3 1, the Blue Jays beat it. We're just kidding. Calvin <clears throat> Biggio's Legion of Fans. 3 1, the Blue Jays beat the Cleveland Guardians in the first of a four game series. Tonight, um, Kevin Biggio, two-run home run. Mm-hmm. Terrific defensive play. Absolutely. Uh, George Springer with an RBI. Davis Schneider, we mentioned, starting in the leadoff spot, 0 for 4. There's a lot to talk about. For, th- for three, when you look at everything that happened in Boston this weekend and how messy that was for the Red Sox, but just how many runs were scored, uh, what was it, 44 hits, 26 runs, something like that, whatever it was, the Blue Jays had in sweeping the Boston Red Sox. Then you go into Cleveland facing a rookie pitcher. And I'm going to get this out of the way right away. Before we talk about Hyunjin Ryu, who left the game in the, what was it, the third inning? Fourth inning. Fourth inning after uh, completing well, the completing fourth. a ground ball out. Yeah. Um, With a right knee contusion. Now we'll wait to see what John Schneider says post-game to see if it's any more. It, it sure as hell looked a lot more serious than it a did. right knee contusion. Contusion. Sure My did. first reaction was ligaments or broken, something like that, yeah. or it was broken. Yeah. Uh, based on how he he fell down, but uh, we'll await to hear that from John Schneider. But I want to get this out of the way right away because we're watching Gavin Williams pitch, and you asked me a question about does he remind you of anybody else? And I I, I didn't get it until you mentioned the dude's name. Yeah, Garrett Cole. L- look, I'm same not same size. By, no, yeah. same size, same stuff. Yeah, by by no means am I saying he's Garrett Cole, but just the looks way, like he, him. yeah, the way he looks on the mound, the easy delivery, the way he maintained velocity, the way he can flip in a breaking ball when he has to. I mean, he was he had the fastball working all quadrants of the strike zone. What did he have? He had 12 whiffs and 14 yeah. call strikes just on the fastball. Like that's a big deal when you're that big and you can use all quadrants, two lefties and righties. Like you just, you know, you're not in sort of a pattern where you have to go away to both guys. No, you can elevate, you can go down, you can go in, and you can do it with that kind of velocity, and it's an easy delivery. That up and down is very hard because he's 6'6". I mean, you have to change eye level, and any can tunnel that big, giant breaking ball. I mean, it sounds like listening to the telecast. That's probably the best breaking ball he's had all year, just being able to flip it in there and – tunnel it the way he was tunneling, and then he had the slider away. He could go to righties, and he would occasionally throw his slider to to lefties too. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of this is what you do when you're a good team. You go on the road. You run into a dude that just got it. Like he's got that night, he's just locating everything, and he's going to be tough. You need every guy you run out there to keep you in it and give your team a chance to run into one late in the game, and that's exactly what the Blue Jays did. They played defense when they had to. They got the big hit when they had to. 
and the bullpen made a pitch when they had to. Tip your hat to them. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. It is a winning edition of Blue Jays Talk. Four in a row for the Blue Jays. They are 14 games over 500. That is a high watermark for the 2023 season. Hyunjin Ryu, as we mentioned, leaving the game after the fourth inning with a right knee contusion. We've got to talk about the bullpen. The bullpen covering off five innings tonight. Genesis Cabrera, Jay Jackson, Eric Swanson, Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza, and Jordan Hicks. And Jordan Hicks made it interesting. Now, here, here's the thing about Jordan Hicks. The St. Louis Cardinals, we had, uh, I think it was, I think it was Jason Stark on talking about that trade and said, in some ways, Jordan Hicks is a lot like Nate Pearson. Mm-hmm. He's Nate Pearson, who can, except he can actually throw 100 miles an hour. But... Um, He's a lot like Nate Pearson. He's a pitcher the Cardinals just kind of thought he'd be a starter. You look at the you look at the stuff. Profiles as change a reliever, would be closer. Yeah, yeah change of, of senior, yeah. all, all that stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, look, when you watch a dude with 102 miles an hour, Jordan Hicks screams closer. But you noticed something in the ninth inning, and I wanted you to kind of walk me through that. First of all, shout out to Danny Jansen. That's a tough for, catch. That's, for, a, that's a tough catch. That that's that is, is a that's a tough catch. He's trying to catch it. That is he ain't framing it. That's why you saw the two strike no. fastball that he threw. And yeah, he the one and two, it. the one and two strike. Yeah. Uh, who was that at the plate? Uh, uh, Rockio, one and two strike. It was in the lower part of the zone, but yeah. I mean, God help, God bless Danny. I mean, he, he there's no way you can possibly hold the glove yeah. there. Um, but t- so tell me what you think about Jordan Hicks because. For guy Kevin, for guy with that type of stuff, you know, a hit batter that happens, single, uh, a walk. You've got a guy ahead one two. He looks like he had difficulty finishing dudes off. Yeah, well, look, he he wants to get him out to sweeper in the four seamer. That that's sort of the thing, right? You get him to two strikes with the two seamer. It got the late movement on it, and it's boring down and away. It's going down and into a righty. Right, you get the sweeper down and away. You want to. That's how you put guys away. I, I just wonder because sometimes they're non-competitive against a good hitter late in the season against the American League East teams with two strikes. What do you throw them? Like, is it the elevated four seam or is it the sweeper? Like he's occasionally he'll throw some changeups. That's the only wonder. I mean, he's got enough. He's got enough giddy up. Like the 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 wind up is good enough. It's got enough fluidity to it that. He can repeat that, right? It's just the non-competitive secondary pitches with two strikes. That'll sort of, I don't know, give you a little bit. Eh, when he gets two strikes, do you want to watch? Like that's, yeah. I think that's sort of where they're at with him, right? The stuff is electric. Don't get me wrong. It's just when he gets to two strikes against a good hitter, if I'm a good hitter, I this is what I am. I've eliminated the slider, the sweeper, and and the changeup. I don't he does me a changeup. You're doing me a favor. That's like 91 miles an hour. That's a, his BP heater. You're doing me a favor by throwing that. I'm looking for the four-seamer of the sinker, and it's going to be up, and I'm choking up, trying to slap it the other way. Like, that's the only thing, right, is if you're going to separate him from the eighth inning to the ninth inning when there's nobody loosening up after you when you're in the ninth inning, right? You're on that island by yourself. Freddie Freeman, what's he throwing him with two strikes? That's the thing you got to ask yourself, and that's sort of why they brought him over here is you're trying to figure out is he a no-brainer. Got no-brainer stuff, but with the two strikes, I'm just curious. I, 
again, there's maybe I'm picking here, and maybe it's just sort of what you you're still have here more. You still have more confidence in a healthy Jordan Romano than you do in Jordan Hicks. A healthy Jordan Romano, you have more confidence in that slider fastball, even though Hicks has got. You know, I think they would be more competitive right now. Just me. Yeah, he'd have maybe a little bit better chance of getting out that elite hitter than Jordan Hicks would. John in Cambridge, you're on Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. What's up, John? Yeah, thanks. Um, for the most part this year, you guys haven't really been too fond of Brian, Brandon Belt. But I'd like to point out that he's got an 824 OPS, which is second on the team. And if he had enough at-bats to qualify, he'd be 37th in all of baseball ahead of players like Simeon, Goldschmidt, Max Muncy. And he's 100 points higher than uh, Tiosco, Tiosco, sorry, who a lot of people wanted us to get back at the trade deadline. And considering the bad start, the horrible start that Brandon Belt had this year, I think he's had a pretty nice season for someone I've never heard of until I came to the Jays. You'd never heard of Brandon Belt? Nope. Never watched the Giants? You never game? watched the World Series? You haven't World watched Series? the World Series in the past, like, eight years? He's a forgettable player. He's a forgettable. Whoa. He's a forgettable player until he came to the Jays. I, I think Brandon Belt probably would beg to differ. But, Kevin, let's talk about yeah, Brandon Belt. Yeah, thanks for the call, John. Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, he's, he's got a couple World Series. And, again, what we were talking about at the beginning of the season is how do you expect to win a World Series with Brandon Belt as your cleanup hitter? You can't. Yeah, that's the answer. That's what we were talking about. If he's going to be in your lineup, this is what you're seeing and what you want to see is him getting on base for Vladdy, right? It's to sort of break up the two dudes that George Springer's not leading off anymore, the quick outs, right? You got mm-hmm. a couple of two outs coming up on three pitches, and you see Vladdy standing up there. He really doesn't know what to do. Do I take? Do I swing? How aggressive should I be? I really don't know how to have my bat. And you got this veteran guy who's not afraid to go seven, eight, nine pitch at bat. So if he's going to be on your team, that's, I think, where you want him. I... Yeah, Look, we don't. We may. We've been very clear. We don't want him in the middle of the order. Would and, I rather have Teoscar seventeen and sixty hitting cleanup? Absolutely, sure. I'm in that camp. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, yeah. That our, our point was, you can't expect to win a World Series with Brandon Belt in the middle of the but order. You can't argue, or for that matter, bats. Dalton Varsho. He in gives the middle you of the a competitive at bat, which all the time yeah. up until the last couple of days is not what you consistently been seeing from the lineup. No. So give him credit for that. And and give John Schneider credit for finding a place uh, he can use it. Well said. 416-870-0590. Star 591-888-666-0590. Pat in Toronto. Hey, guys. I've uh, I've got a question for you. I've been wanting to ask this question for a while. Good. I'll turn it over to Barker. Hmm. <laughs> Barker, this one's for you. It's a first base question. Yeah. I would like I would like for you to educate me on this one. Okay. I've been watching for a while Vladdy's footwork mm-hmm. um, at first base, and uh, then I noticed it with Belt, especially on the play, I believe it was yesterday, was the chopper to short, Chapman cut in front, and Belt had his back foot on the back left corner, not the closest corner to the play. And I've been seeing Vladdy fielding a lot of balls where his foot is in the center of the base rather than on the front left corner. And when we look at these instant replays, I feel like we're like losing 
I don't know, I want to say like 10 inches, maybe even a foot on the stretch. And I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm thinking about it wrong. Because nope. for me, it feels like they should have their, their, their right foot on, well, for Vladdy's case, his right foot on the front left corner, stretching as far as he can towards short and third. But he seems to always be planting off the middle of the bag, at times the back of the bag. Yeah, thanks for the call. Look, I, I was always taught by Cecil Cooper when I was coming up with the Milwaukee Brewers is to never get stationary with one of my feet on the base, which is if you are a left-handed catcher and a right-handed thrower, that would be your right foot in the middle of the bag. If you're a right-handed catcher and a left-handed thrower, that would be your left foot on the bag. But the thing is, is I want to put both feet in front of where I'm taking the throw from. And then I'm going to let my footwork adjust to where the throw takes me so I can maximize my stretch. That's why you never get stationary because it's the way Vladdy looks. And I'm very surprised with Donnie baseball being over there and you see Vladdy consistently stepping in the opposite direction of which way the throw's coming and you can't maximize the length that you want to reach out and catch the throw to say, get a fast runner and make that play. Not so bang, bang. The bases are so big. Now you should never have a, a, a real bang, a bang play over there because of that. If you use all the angles the right way, it's not very good. Like I, I can say this and sugarcoat it any other way you want to say it. The footwork around that first base bag is not real good. Now, Brandon belt has really soft hands and he, Sometimes because I'll give him a little lenience because of how far he plays over towards the second baseman that he has a tough time running over there as quick as he can. And sometimes he just sticks his foot on the bag because he's there late. So you give him a little bit of lenience because of that reason. But the actual footwork consistently of stretching as far as you possibly can to that point of where the throw is coming from. It's not very good. I mean, let's be honest. You can see it. It doesn't take me to come on here and tell you that. All you got to do is watch the game. That's a great call. That's the first time we've gotten this call yeah, all year. It's a great point. And I say it to you all the time. Yes, you do. That I'm very surprised that Donnie Baseball on that team doesn't walk up to Vladdy and go, you know, it'd be easier if you don't get so stationary, stand in front of the bag and let the throw adjust your feet to where they need to go. It would be way easier. That way you can maximize every single inch of that base to reach out and catch the baseball and make it easier for John Snyder and whoever Gil Kim, I think it is, that makes the call, calling in to say, do we challenge? It just would make it a lot easier. And this is why I said Vladdy's not a finished product. Like at first base, he's gotten way better, right. and you're okay with the balls being hit to him. But it's those kind of plays, right, that just – need to be tweaked and fixed and adjusted to where you're maximizing that. And that's a, that's a great call. Yeah. Just because, just because a guy has won a gold glove doesn't mean that his, that he's a finished product. Absolutely. And, and you've talked about this a lot uh, with Vladdy and it, it is a great call and it's a great point at a time where the, where the bases are bigger. They are. Um, I, I don't know if does that maybe explain it. The bases are bigger. It's different for Vladdy. I, I don't know, but we, we have noticed that. Uh, you would think it would be easier. Yeah, why, I, why, I mean, I why would, would you would stretch the opposite direction of the way the ball's coming? It doesn't really matter what if side. I, and that doesn't matter how big the base is. It doesn't. Just because yeah. of where you put your foot 
to stretch out. Is it almost laziness? And I, 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 I boy, I hate that word. No, it, yeah. so I'm not going to use. I'm no, not going to use that not word. Laziness. Laziness is bad because I, that because that that indicates. A um, a conscious effort to I not do something. I think he's won a gold glove doing it one way. Okay, that's good. That's what yeah, I think. That's that's fine. When and again, it's not like he's in his first year in the in the major leagues. I'm so I'm just very it. surprised. Donnie baseball, one of the best first basemen's. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety three one. The uh, Blue Jays beat the Cleveland Guardians. Do we have uh, John Schneider and Hyunjin Ryu? Okay, Hyunjin Ryu left the game after the fourth inning after completing a uh, 1-3 play on a uh, bouncing ball off the bat of Gonzalez. Uh, took the ball while well, it was a bouncing ball. After it hit his right knee, fell to the ground. He came out of the game. The Jays had to go to the bullpen. This is John Schneider with the update on Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, just first of all, is there any update on yeah, it's right knee contusion. He's going to go just for some really precautionary x-rays um, and see how he feels tomorrow. But um, unbelievable play after after taking that line drive off the knee to kind of finish it off. But uh, he'll get it checked out and see how he is tomorrow. Well, that's, uh, you know, again, we, we talked about it. When, the way he went down, uh, I just, I... I automatically, I automatically wrote down. I automatically wrote down my little scorebook, knee ligaments, because of the way he went down and the angle it was at. I mean, we'll see. He he did need help coming off the field. He he was writhing in agony like that. That like I said that that was just watching his reaction suggested to me that it was something really not a serious. contusion, not a contusion. Yeah, uh, you know, well. We'll see. I guess the best thing to that's, do is not is 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 not say anything other than the that. way I his would, location was glove side. That's into oh. a righty, away to a lefty, and the way the break and the location on the curveball was, you want him back. He like, given that's up, good stuff. He given up one walk, got one, two, three, four, five, six ground balls, mm-hmm. um, two strikeouts, one looking. He looks like he's in great shape. He's got great tempo. He looks in. He's got great flow yes. to his windup, like he's getting it and going. You could tell occasionally he'd call his own his own game, which is he simplified it enough to have just three or two, three or four pitches instead of five or six. Yeah, I mean that would be a little bit of a loss. He's out for a while. Yeah, and we uh, it's funny because we talked about it in Blair and Barker today about what do you do with the six starters uh, in the six man rotation? You've got off days coming up anyhow. The six man rotation isn't going to be in effect for the rest of the year, but it. Uh, Unfortunately, it is remarkable how often you are given answers you don't necessarily want because of injuries. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, why, why wouldn't it be the rest of the year? Like if it's working and, and the other veteran guys who've been of, there all year sort of like the well, extra day. Yeah, but then I mean, they but, like but, being stretched out when it comes if you to have pitching. Off, if you have off days, now you're talking two yeah, extra well, days. Yeah, obviously you want your best down the stretch, yeah. and that would take away from the guys in mean, the back end. Yeah, I, I would yeah. think that, that that's the whole I mean, the whole thing is to get the whole thing is to get your three dudes, Gossman, Barrios, and and Bassett lined up for those final fifteen games yep. against AL East teams, um, and and however you have to do it is is what you do. And yes, I I'm with you. I don't think a, an off day or an extra day baked in is going to hurt uh, Kevin Gossman or um, or Chris Bassett. Although I'm not I'm not certain about I I mean I understand Gossman's numbers are better with an extra day, 
but he's had a couple of starts this year on extra days rest where he hasn't been. Well, okay, that's unfair because the one start was what twelve days rest or whatever it was after the All Star yeah. break. So that's that's really unfair. Um, I won't even bother going down that road. As a matter of fact, Adam in Vancouver, hmm. you're on Blue Jays talk. Hey guys, love the show. Uh, you guys have the best show in all the sports, I think. But thank you. Uh, so uh, I just want to disagree. The, call, the caller that called earlier about Teoscar and Belt, I think Belt's been a great addition to this team. And you guys say you'd rather have Teoscar hit in the middle. He's got, he, yeah, he's got 17 and 60, but he's got 432 at bats, 150 strikeouts. Belt's got 250 at bats, 10 home runs, 30 RBIs. I don't know. Uh, Teoscar's hitting 98 uh, uh, OPS plus, which means he's a below average hitter. We we talk lots about uncompetitive at bats, and I think Tay Oscar would be up there with the worst on the team for that. So him hitting cleanup, I personally think would be pretty frustrating. Okay, but, yeah, uh, that's fair. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, problem. That's fair. That's fair. I I uh, I mean, yeah. we're going to respectfully disagree. I think this lineup might be a little better than the lineup he's in. I think in it's Seattle. a threat against good pitching. But is exactly. sort of the point. Exactly. But yeah, there's there's some belt fans, which is okay. He's earned that, right? The Early in the season, he wasn't real good. Like no, and he again, to, and to now be all of clear, a sudden, he's turned into that tougher out, which is exactly why they put him in front of Vladdy. And to, and to be clear, our point wasn't that Brandon Belt didn't have a spot in the team. Um, we just didn't. I just didn't think. Well, we didn't think it was in the cleanup spot. And I will admit that I wanted to, at the trade deadline to see another type of left-handed bat in here that would take left-handed up at bats away from Brandon Belt. That's why I wanted a dude like Cody Bellinger. I need a guy who can hit home runs and drive in runs. 10 and 30 or whatever it is for Brandon Belt. I mean, as Kevin said, he's done one thing since he's been here. He's gotten on base and, and, and John Schneider's using him the right way. Absolutely. That's, that's all you can do if you're a manager is you take what you're given and you try to put those players in the best possible position where they can be of maximum value to your team. And that's what Brandon Belt gives you. He gives you a guy who's going to see a lot of pitches. He gives you a guy who's going to get in base. And as my friend Mr. Barker said, he looks really nice on a lineup that at the top of the order doesn't always see a lot of pitches. Yeah, and I got to be honest with you, ninth inning base is loaded two outs with the, with the way he's looking. I wouldn't mind having him up. If I need a two-run homer, maybe not so much. But a competitive at bat against a tough pitcher late in the game, yeah, I'm okay. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. So Kevin Biggio had himself quite a game, a two-run home run, made a terrific unassisted double play. This was John Schneider on a player that I think we can, we can safely say is, uh, well, John Schneider has a lot of confidence in Kevin Biggio. Let's let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, Cav was, you know, highlight of the game today, offensively, defensively. That's such a heady play, you know, knowing the runner at first and nailer, and it's a really good runner, Quan there. It's probably the last possible outcome we thought of that play. Um, but it's just kind of Cav being a being a baseball player and knowing the situation and understanding who was where and making the proper adjustments. But um, just awesome night from him. It's the manager John yeah. Schneider talking about Cav and Biggio. We have yeah. talked about Biggio's baseball IQ and his awareness, and that's something that that um, 
I mean, and his ability to play multiple positions. That, Look, that's his stock and trade. That's got nothing to do for me with baseball IQ. That, that's got something to do with you work hard, you catch, <clears throat> excuse me, ground balls you're supposed to catch. That's not an easy play to catch that ground Explain ball. Explain that. That's you a made lefty. that play. Out you and around, that. that's the one. The ball hits the ground. It's spinning up and away from Kevin. You got to straight arm that. You got to attack that. You got to get the in between hop. And then the other stuff is common sense. Do standing right in front of you. I want to give it to him because he made the play, and that's yeah. sort of what you're supposed to do. But it was catching the ball it's was the ca- hardest play. Oh, no, part for of me, it. no question because of who hit it, when it hit the ground, which way it was going. It was Stephen what, Kwan, right? Yeah. And what. Kevin had to do to catch that and be aggressive. And after that, that's Kevin. Kevin, most of the time, IQ-wise, is not going to hurt your baseball team. He may hurt you because he's got an uppercut in his swing and the elevated velocity, and, you know, uh, occasionally he'll run into a dude or a catcher that puts down the – Three change-ups. I, I mean, I get – that's one of those situations where you know what a dude can't do who's hitting a buck 50 coming into the game off off-speed. Right. But you got a really good heater. I'd, I'd, it's me, I'm throwing the elevated fastball. But again, give Kevin credit. Yeah. Right. He gets it. He doesn't miss it. It's but a BP gets, fastball. That gets to kind of the eternal baseball question. If you're a pitcher, do you go with your strength or do you go with the hitter's weakness? I know what I'm doing. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. At least I tip my hat that I got beat with my best stuff. Did he get beat with his best stuff? Not three no. in a row. He didn't. No. Uh, it was a uh, interesting pitch selection. To Absolutely. Say the least. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590-31. The Blue Jays beat the Cleveland Guardians in the first of four games. They've won four in a row. They're 14 games over 500. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, go back to the phone lines. It's Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan and the Sportsnet radio network. All right, time for the Major League Standings Watch, presented by Bet365 with Bet365. You okay? You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played, 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. I'm still with you, and it's 10-17 at night. You, you, you answer that for me. Yeah, that's probably... Uh, <laughs> that's probably just... I've been a- here since... 2-15 with you? I uh, should probably just move on. The Boston Red Sox beat the Kansas City Royals 6-2 today. The franchise formerly known as the New York Yankees are oh. losing 2-1 to the Chicago White Sox right now in the seventh. Man. Not that I'm taking any great satisfaction great. out of the Yankees. They They're hitting baseball. Uh, Baltimore's still in first place. They're 70-42, the second team in the majors to 70 wins. Tampa Bay, 68-46. Kevin's Toronto Blue Jays are 64 and 50. Boston, 58-54. They're, uh, did, did he, what, five back of the wild card? Boston and the Yankees are 58 and 54 as well. Same thing. And uh, the uh, Orioles, well, they got an interesting uh, they got an interesting schedule this week. They got three games against the Houston Astros, so that'll be interesting to see how that transpires 416-870-0590 star 590 triple a triple six zero five ninety clinton winnipeg you're on blue jays talk uh, thanks for taking my phone call i uh, love uh, the show first thanks, time Clint. caller long time listener uh, my first question is uh, my first question is uh with uh, babe schneid's uh, coming up there does that lay a fire 
amongst, uh, you know, a few players like Biggio, Espinal to perform better? I mean, it should. It should light a fire under Santiago Espinal because you've gone from being in the All-Star game to being the... 26 man on the roster. What would have anything to do with him playing? He's got to play first. uh, And I was about to say, and and Clint, thanks. Thanks for the call. Um, I'm, I'm puzzled. I mean, I've watched Paul DeYoung now. It's only four games. It's a trade deadline. To me, he's just a guy. Um, I I don't know. I mean, you see, I, I guess defensively, the analytics would say he's better than Santiago Espinal. I just don't know. I don't know why you keep Santiago Espin all around if he's not good enough to be your backup shortstop. I, I, I just don't because it seems to me that utility and his ability to give you cover in that position. That's all I heard for two years. Well, oh, Santi's important to us because he's the only guy we have who can play shortstop every day when Bo goes down. And then Bo goes down, you need a shortstop every day, and you've got to go out and trade for Paul DeYoung. That didn't cost you anything, but. Yeah. Uh, As for Kevin Biggio, uh, I wouldn't think so only because uh, I think Biggio's stock and trade, first of all, being a left-handed hitter has, has some value in this, uh, in this organization. But I'm also going to say this. Yeah. David Schneider was over four tonight. We shouldn't get carried away with that. Just like we shouldn't get carried away with what we saw in Boston. Let's wait for a week before we start selling fake, uh, you know, fake, mustaches and noses and glasses. Let's just, let's, let's wait for a week. That's all I'm saying. You got that for me today. I got that for you, you today because you were all over me. Yeah. Well, you were all over me. Well, you were, you were already selling at the Roger center. Well, like, I did do show up at the ballpark tonight with like, mustaches and glasses and here, fake schnauzes. <laughs> Get them on their hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess, but, uh, I've been, I look, I've been in positions sort of like Santi and Kevin yes, have been have. in. I, it's more, I think, of the other way around where, uh-oh, my time here is probably up. It's more that feeling yeah. than it is, let's hurry up. Because they're, if they felt that much, they would play those guys. like that. That's the whole point, right? You got to play to succeed. And I've also If you're not consistently doing that, how's that going to get you fired up, right? So I, I think it's the other way around. Yeah, I also got to wonder if at any point the Blue Jays offered Santiago Espinal to anybody in the deal. Like, I don't know what the industry thinks of him because again, he was a guy who was an all-star last year. Well, we heard about Seattle too, and right? Seattle, interested yeah, last year, Seattle was interested in him last year. Yeah. But this is a guy who was an all-star last year and can't get in a bat now. So if you're another organization, I mean, it kind of make you scratch your head a bit. Um, but yeah, listen, I mean, it's gotta be tough, man. And you've made this point. It, and I and I think people who haven't played baseball don't understand. This. It's not the easiest thing to do to play once or twice a week and have to do something. Kevin Biggio's got nine at bats in August. Yes, three of those were tonight. Yes, perfect. Not perfect easy example. It's no. not easy. Tony and Maple, you're on Blue Jays talk. Hi. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Hope the the Jays can continue this trend upward. Absolutely. Um, I'm a longtime baseball fan. You know. Guys, it's just me observing, but does it seem like today's elite players, and we won't mention names, but we know who they are, and you compare these players to those that, let's say, when I was growing up, who the elite were in the 80s and 90s, early 2000s, it seems the yesteryear players were definitely 
consistently their team leaders that you can count on. We look today, and you look at all these stars that are there, even the younger ones, with these massive contracts, they're nowhere to be found in comparison to these yesteryear players in teams of leading their teams and carrying them to World Series. And Who exactly are you talking about? Well, Bryce Harper? At, yeah, one. Soto, Tatis, let's even include Vladdy. These are the supposedly mm, the I, baseball. Yeah, I don't think anybody. I mean, Vladdy's a very good player, but he's not in a trout Otani Okay. He's not let, in that let, level. Let, 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 like I covered, let, 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 I listen, I saw the, the baseball you were talking about. I can tell you this. The ball players today are way better athletes. Not even, not even close. Now the fundamentals stink today. And, and I mean, they, they just do Tony, the fundamentals are, they just stink. But I think a lot of that comes from the fact that the game's different than the game you saw in the eighties and nineties. Pitchers are developed different than yeah. the eighties and nineties. Do you ever see uh, Jordan Hicks throws a hundred routinely? Like I covered a lot of baseball. I covered, I've covered Blue Jays teams that didn't have a dude who threw 99 for an entire season. So I don't think you can, with with all due respect, I don't think you can make that generalization because there are a lot of guys I covered who would not and elite players who would not get a sniff this year. They certainly or this era certainly wouldn't be everyday players. Right, but if I take players like the Bonds, obviously, uh, Frank Thomas, uh, Ricky Henderson, Jeff Bagwell, like I can go on and on and on. The guys I grew up watching, Paul Molitor, these guys, you tell me if I put that team and I put them up against today's elite, that they'd have no chance. I, I think the opposite. I, I mean, I don't know. They, they've, none of those dudes would have seen the velocity they'd be getting in this game. None of them. They wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't be seeing the velocity they were getting from starters and relievers that you're seeing now. Like, it's... It, it's kind of, it, it's a hard argument anyhow, because it's different eras, Tony. I mean, the, everything about the game is different, right? Could yeah, who, who, uh, who's, who's a player, let me ask you this, who's a player, or name me two or three, that you say, you know what, they're going to lead their team to championships. You know, guys like Bernie Williams and... Uh, yeah, but Bernie and, Williams was never in a... Bernie Williams was a nice player. He's not a Hall of Famer. I, I, you're... you're you know, I, I, I don't get what you're talking about. I've covered, hey, I covered, I covered some real good Montreal Expos. They didn't win a World Series. I mean, they didn't. Andre Dawson didn't win a World Series with Montreal. Tim Raines didn't win a World Series with Montreal. I, I've covered a lot of elite players who did not win World Series. And then, you know, it, you just, you can't, you know, you can't do that. You can't compare eras. The only thing I think we can agree on, Tony, is the, the, the fundamentals now just aren't good. I, I will tell you this. There are there are elite players in this game who cannot run the bases as well as guys who were bench warmers back in the 80s and 90s. They just are. But that's different. The game has changed. It's all about hitting home runs now, right? It's all about power. It's all about velocity. You, you just you can't compare. I agree with you. absolutely hitting the home runs, and that's why I think they're striving too much, and that's why maybe they can't be the best they can be because they're they're hitting home runs because that's what gets them the dollars at the end of the day. I, big I, zero coming after. I'll tell you this, Tony. Though the time that I've covered baseball, there's never been as many good young players as there is now. Not close. Every team's got a good young player, and that was not always the case. But uh, anyhow, let's see what the new rules. Let's see what the rules changes and and all these things. 
bring in. But Kevin, I'm just like I'm. I it, it's hard to look at like people ask me who's the best hitter you've ever seen. Best hitter I've ever Barry seen Bonds. is Barry Bonds. Not even close. Yep. I don't care what he was taking when he was taking it. Yep. Best hitter I've ever seen. Nobody compares to Barry Bonds. Um, best player I've ever seen. Got to be Otani. Otani, yeah, you could throw that in there. Absolutely. Got to be Otani. Absolutely. Uh, you know, other great hitters I've seen, Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn didn't win a World Series, Tony. Did not win a World Series. One of the best pure hitters I've ever seen didn't win a World Series. So it's awfully hard to kind of make cross Great players cross need help. Generation. You got yeah. to have some good bull, you know, bullpens now or you have to have that elite thing. Look at the Astros last year. Like, the, you got to... You got to have that great player hot at the right time. You got to have that really good bullpen, the no-brainers, shorten the game, right, make it easier for the manager and make the right move all the time. You got to have a little luck thrown in there too. So there's some deciding factors that go with helping out lead players. All right, I want to get one more caller in. Hassan from California. Thanks for your patience, man. Go ahead. Hassan? Are you there? There you are, Hassan. Hello. Hey, thanks for your patience, you man. What's up? Uh, not much. Uh, how are you guys doing? We're doing well. What do you got? Uh, um, not to. I mean, let's get the positive vibes going. I just wanted to talk a little bit about Vladdy. Yep. Uh, I don't consider myself a hitting coach or anything, but I've been just like looking at his swings uh, past few games, like really closely, and I've been like following the game since 2008. Um, you know, remember the time when Double E changed his stance a little bit with a two-handed finish so he could stay on the ball? Yep. Um, one thing I've noticed about Vladdy is um, he has, like, a double-clutch mechanism, like a stride. So he steps in towards his back foot and then steps outwards towards the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him be behind the fastball by a little bit and then a little out in front on the breaking ball. So I don't know... I mean, I understand that he got to the big leagues with the same swing, but I don't know why he or the hitting coach doesn't experiment with maybe trying to change his stride to be like a single toe tap on the same spot where his outer foot is. Uh, Just wanted to get your take and Kevin's on it. And I look forward to the show tomorrow with Joey Bats, my favorite Blue Jay. Thanks, Hassan. Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, Look, for me, I think offseason he's going to have to make some adjustments. What those are, that's to each his own, right? I mean, the sort of the lower half doesn't match up to the upper half. And I've been saying this to you, Jeff, that whenever he does his little fluition that I always talk about and try and gather and get the load like his anchor on his back foot, his hands move way too much. And if I were going to – I. I sort of, you sort of understand whenever he makes a move, he's trying to clear the hips because of velocity. You have to, you know, sort of clear the hips like Bo does. He, he's clearing the hips to be able to get the barrel in a little deeper to catch up to velocity and at least give himself a chance. If he jams himself, he hits the ball off the end. At least he can keep it in the field. And maybe it's off the end because he has bat to ball skills and enough bat speed that it'll end up a hit and it'd be a productive at bat. Vladdy, I think, tries to do that, too. If it were me, eliminate the hand movement. Start there where he does the little lay it almost up and down his back. Swing from there. You swing from there and sort of eliminate all the movement, maybe catch up the velocity a little bit better. It's a good call, Hassan. Yeah, that's a great that. call, yeah. 
Three one, the Blue Jays have beaten the Cleveland Guardians in the first of four games. Game two goes tomorrow, right here on Sportsnet five ninety, the fan, the Sportsnet radio network. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays baseball. Oh, a reminder: Joey Bats, Jose Bautista will join Barker and myself and Blair and Barker tomorrow from five to seven. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising, and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special summer offer and rust protection, visit crown.com today.